Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's part two of our amazing Pride special, all about Logan Brown, the trans cover star of Glamour magazine, who has gone viral making waves. Um, Here it is. You and Bailey had never planned to have kids, is that right? Like, how does that all... It was a surprise. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, so yeah, so I came off... So I've been transitioning since I was 21, I'm now 27. And I think I need to get back on testosterone because currently I look like a little baby at the minute. I don't know what's going on with the facial hair just disappeared. Um, so, yeah, so I had some issues with my testosterone and some health issues, so I had to come off it. And then when I went back on testosterone, basically my periods never went away. So, obviously, I was able to get pregnant. Yeah, it was it was an accident that happened. Um, and yeah, it wasn't planned at all. I'm just interested in how scary that might have been because you therefore know that you have to stop testosterone the whole time you're pregnant, right? So all this time I've worked towards trying to become the person I know I am, but now we're in this situation and how are people going to react? What did you feel in that moment that you found out that you were pregnant? I don't think like, you know, when people get confused by it, I don't think anyone would understand until you're in that moment because, you know, I never, I never wanted kids. It's never been an option for me. Like before being, you know, being with Bailey and like transitioning, I was, a, I was a lesbian and like I, I never, it never occurred to me that I would be able to have my own child and be able to give birth. Like it just wasn't an option. And then when I found out, it was honestly one of the most difficult things ever. Like the dysphoria that that it felt like when it happened, it was kind of, it was so weird. It was like everything just stopped, and I was like, right. And it really reminded me of who I was before I transitioned, like, you know, that I was female. Because I've been living this life now of, like, I'm with a partner who literally accepts me for who I am. I, you know, mm. like, I identify as, like, gay and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it was quite it was quite a lot. And then even, like, just telling Bailey to say, oh, hi, I'm pregnant, I'm your boyfriend. It's quite a mm. lot. Like, I just felt a lot of shame as well. And then literally after about a week of when I thought, right, we're going to keep her, I just got really in touch with like my body, which was really hard to do. And the thought of like, even when I was having conversations with Bailey of like, oh, we can't keep the baby. It it was actually upsetting me then. And I was like, I I could never do that. And I didn't want to get, get rid of that. Um, Mm. of like that feeling that I I got, it was really weird, really Mm. weird. No one would ever be able to understand you in that situation. So to the people that don't understand it, because people keep saying, if you wanted to be a man, why would you do this? But like, yeah, I did fall pregnant. And then when that happened to my body and there was a baby going inside of me, the thought of getting that take away was just, I just didn't like it at all. So, and I still never, after when I fully accepted it then, and I had a lot more confidence, I then just felt like back to myself. I felt like a man again, who was, mm. you know, going to give birth. And there's mm. a thing that Freddie McConnell says, who also, I don't know if you've probably heard of Freddie, um, yeah, Freddie's been on the podcast. Yeah. I think a couple of times. Why am I saying a couple of times? Probably because we always talk about 
the fact that Freddie loves egg flavored crisps and that keeps coming back <laughs> up again and again. <laughs> oh, but like even I mean, he even you know reached out to me and that was like I was buzzing about that because I remember when I first became pregnant and I would have loved to have been able to speak to him, but because he's probably got a bigger platform and he wouldn't have been able to see my messages probably. I would have loved I did actually send him a message, I think, as well. And he wouldn't have oh. seen it. And then when he reached out to me, it was like a really nice moment because I just thought I probably really needed you at the start. <laughs> um, yeah. but, and now here I am telling my story and like the glamour and stuff like that. But he even says yeah. like I had a he, he did like um an article the other week that included me in it, like since I've done the cover and then someone got in touch with him about it and like, you know, his story. <clears throat> so we did like a collaboration post on Instagram together. And oh, um, nice. he said he said in the article about the pregnancy isn't just for women and stuff like that. And it like really spoke about it on that side and he mentioned things that I've not even mentioned or even thought about. He, he said things in a different way that I have and it really it, it put things into, into perspective for me even more. You know, because when I've seen all these hateful comments, I was like, no, like when I was listening to how he was explaining it, it's so true. Like you can, I do feel like a man, but pregnant and things are changing and pregnancy isn't just for women now because, yeah. No, exactly. And two things can exist at the same time and both be true and you pay your taxes the national health service needs to come and yeah deliver i've spoken to freddie about it a lot but how was your experience of the nhs as a pregnant man at first it wasn't the best and um because you go you go to the doctors i just did not have a clue what i was doing at all obviously mm. no one does but then to be a male as well like it's even worse i went to the doctors and they were like right you need to phone up the midwife and you need to tell them so I phoned up this midwife. I was like, I've been told to phone you. I've just found out that I'm pregnant. And then the first thing that she said to me was, okay, where do you want to give birth? And I was like, what the heck? I was like, I've literally just told you that I was trying to send a mail. I've literally just found out, you know, like I was probably like six weeks pregnant or something. I was like, I don't know. Gosh. But they, they just, it, I don't know, like there was just no, most of the NHS staff, it's not mandatory for them to learn this sort of thing. It's a choice, mm. which I think is is madness so half of the people that i was speaking to they was asking me questions that i'd probably not comfortable with or i just didn't feel like i was having the support that i should have got for mental health wise as well i remember going to some of my midwife appointments and literally crying and one of the midwives gave me a tissue and that was it i went home <laughs> and i just thought i could have literally you know when i've gone home i could have literally i could have done anything to be honest because I, I was really distraught and no one kind mm. of helped and then I went to a different hospital because we moved houses and um, that was even worse. And like the waiting rooms are massive. It's just like very women orientated, obviously. And I just felt like everyone was staring at me. Some of the midwives were misgendering me. And then I got put in like a quiet room. Then I was away from everyone, which was a lot better. But it was just, there was just no support there. And then until I then gave them feedback, I met up with this woman and I gave the feedback. I was like, this isn't okay. And the reason why I did that was because I didn't want anyone else to experience what I've experienced. Like, you know, there's probably other people like me going in there and then they're just getting misgendered and stuff and it's not okay. Mm. Things are changing and it needs to step up. But then uh, we've been doing a lot of filming as well during the pregnancy and the hospital appointments. So I think it did, things did change a little bit when we were there. But... <laughs> But right. the good thing was, is that it was definitely authentic and the conversations. So basically I got put in hospital to be induced uh, when we was having Nova and we were in there for a full week. So the conversations that I was having with the midwives at first, they were very standoffish, like 
some of them didn't understand it. The conversations that we managed to have was like unbelievable. And I feel like we left there like and really made a difference sort of thing. Like we spent a lot of time having these conversations with them and they really understood it a lot more than midwives. And was, honestly, they were so good with us, like so, so good. So in the end, it actually was amazing. And it, I was really sad to leave them, to be honest. Like all these fears that I had of going onto the mm. ward full of women, they gave us our, our own room so that I didn't feel uncomfortable like being, and, and just so for the women as well, like I didn't want them. To, it was just, yeah. But they really looked yeah. after me in the end. It was like a roller coaster of emotions of how I felt about the NHS. <laughs> oh, I'm really pleased to hear that by the end, mm. it felt better than the beginning. I just, I worry because the stuff for LGBT people around medicine and understanding, it's hard to talk about this stuff no matter what. Even if you're fully understood, we find it really hard. And there's that whole thing about when you go to the doctor, apparently, is they're always waiting for the thing that you... So you go in for one thing, but they're always waiting for you to bring up the thing that as you get up and leave, you go, oh, and just one other thing, because that's normally the thing you actually came in for. Yeah. And particularly for men, I think, probably. And, you know, it's like the fact that you were really feeling really shit in that meeting and they just gave you a tissue that can have ramifications for other people who aren't in the right frame of mind and uh the same frame of mind as you managed to be in perhaps maybe don't have a support network like you do and all those yeah, things and it's very true we need to move quickly to be addressing those things it's a real shame the midwives it's only voluntary to learn that stuff because yeah. What I think is so strange, I don't know what you think, you know, when you were saying what was not working is, I'd love you to say in your words, like what you did need, because what you need is quite simple, actually, isn't it? Mm. It's it's not, it's just understanding and compassion, I suppose. Yeah. I think if they, just a little bit of training, it was quite basic things, really, to be honest, that I actually needed. Because when they were telling me that they didn't understand and stuff, that was really getting, that was annoying me then. I thought, no, you actually have had the choice to go on this training or it should be mandatory. What I needed was just genuine, I just needed someone to listen. There's people coming in and out of there all the time. There's so many people who are pregnant, so they actually haven't got a lot of time. Like, it is stressful for them, but I just yeah. needed someone to just listen to me and write down this did happen in the end by the way an absolutely like an amazing woman and i still kept in contact with an hour midwife i just needed someone to write down sit down with me and write a birth plan for my needs being transgender and with bailey i have adhd and bailey has autism sensory wise it's just we struggle a lot with a lot of things so that it was even more intense and i said that loads mm. of times in like you know, I kept apologising it going on, oh, really sorry about ADHD or really sorry about this, got autism or really sorry about this. And like, no, it was just kind of like, yeah, it was just rushed. I just mm-hmm. needed someone to literally just listen, write down a birth plan of what we needed and how it could be made better for us. And then near the end, that's what did happen because I got to a point where I said to one of the doctors when she was speaking to me, I said, listen, I don't feel prepared for birth at all. I don't know I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to be on the ward with women? How are they going to feel? Like it could it could not go very well at all, um, you know, me being on there. Also, I'll feel like crap as well, like being on there and, you know, maybe feeling dysphoric and stuff. I'd like my own room. And then she brought in this midwife and she was like an angel sent from heaven. She was like, she sat oh, down and she was literally like, yeah, I know Freddie McConnell. I know this, the queer birth, this and the queer this and the queer that. I was like, oh, I'm really wow. taken back. And I was like, I didn't know any of this stuff. It was actually quite local in my area. She was like, yeah, if you mm. just look online. And she knew like way more stuff than what we did. I was really taken back and I just felt so much better. And she was like, if you need anything, just ask for me next time. And she was like, 
she's been on all this training and she was so good. And even during the, so we were in a hospital for a week, like being induced and then afterwards, me and Nova both got an infection, so I had to stay in longer. She'd pop in all the time and like just come and check in on how we were and like how I'm feeling after the birth. And then even like she'll text me and be like, how are you feeling and stuff specifically about me being trans. Wow. Do you remember her name? No, I do know her name. Kath. She just sounds like an angel. Like, <laughs> we've got a daughter, is what I was thinking. She just sounds amazing because yeah. that's what we need. We need people inside these institutions who understand and can just, when you're giving birth, you need to feel safe. Yeah. That's it. You know, it, I'm so pleased that you found her because it wasn't there this lovely moment where someone accidentally misgendered you during birth. And mm. someone corrected them or something. What happened? Yeah. So the doctor that was in there, she was the doctor. She was lovely. So there was her and then there was, I mean, they were all great. They were, it was all great. But she was the doctor that decided that we were going to have, that I was going to be induced. So she was quite on the journey with me as well. And I remember mm. this was literally, so I would have been in so many drugs as well at this point. So the birth experience, it was horrific but by the end of it basically i went through every single thing that you could possibly think of to try and get a baby out and by the end mm -hmm. of it early hours in the morning i ended up having an emergency c-section mm. i remember i couldn't even hardly see or like think properly and i remember going into the theater and one of the doctors was like kept calling me she and I, I thought that i was like just hearing things at first and the doctor actually turned around whilst they were sorting me out and she went he he's called he and I just remember like hearing that what and it was like really like I was like made me feel much better. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, there's so many people in there that I think like I could hear them in the background like she she you know. But it's not. Mm -hmm. But also for them, it's very women orientated, and the language that they use is that all the time, constantly. So then I understand that it's hard to change that straight away. And they've probably not had a lot of transgender people there at the hospital, so it is hard. But that's what I'm saying about language and stuff. It does need to be changed if you're acknowledging me. Acknowledge that I'm a man. Like clearly, mm. you can see that's what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Um, but for, yes. for the doctor to do that was really like an, like an empowering moment. I'd say it was really yeah. nice. Oh, that's so good to hear. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So now, here you are with Little Nova, seven weeks in. Mm. How are you and Bailey feeling? Did you talk about the kind of parents you wanted to be? Did you just feel it out? I feel like that's what we do. I feel like you, you're probably supposed to do that, but because obviously it wasn't planned. So nothing in our life is planned. We're very spontaneous people. It's absolute chaos all the time, as you can probably imagine. <laughs> so yeah, we've had like loads of conversations and stuff, and I just don't stop talking anyway. So I was just always constantly preparing for everything and like thinking everything so I work with kids as well so I do a lot of like therapy work and stuff we both had an idea of like the parents that we want to be and how we want to kind of like live our lives and stuff and then now she's here like I was saying before like nothing could prepare you 
at all for parenthood at all. And um, when when she when she came, we was in the hospital obviously for a week. We got out, and I think because we were in the hospital for so long, we were like, no, we need to get out and do stuff. So we've been to parks, we've gone for food, we were going shopping with Nova, and we just got to. It was actually the midwife Kath who said to us because obviously. I've always gone along with Bailey to the gigs and Bailey's going there and everywhere and stuff. And it's just so fun all the time. Kath was like, you don't need to change your life completely. She's like, a lot of parents do this. If you're able to do this anyway, she's like, you just adapt Nova into your life. Try not to change everything around her because she will just grow up with all of this and try and adapt. And that's exactly what we've tried to do. I mean, you can't obviously leave the house on time. Like you can't fully plan <laughs> to do anything yeah. on time, but we can try. And we went to Salford Pride, Bailey was headlining that. And she had a little merch t-shirt on. And Cute. Yeah. But we, we were kind of like dipping in of like being backstage and then being in the audience as well. So that was nice. Like if, if it got too overwhelming, but she, um, she was fine. She just slept all the way through it. She was fine. That oh, was wow. before the sleep progression, but she, I want to try and continue doing what we're doing. I think it's a really lovely feeling is when, like the other day, Bill was doing a brunch with some of the queens and it's so surreal, like seeing a newborn baby in the hands of drag queens, like backstage, because like, it's not something that happens. Like it's completely, yeah. it's probably, it's probably strange for all them to like be, be around it as well. It just looks so, it's crazy. But then I, I was just looking like there's a moment where like Pepper was like holding Nova and because um, like, you know, they've all been on this journey with us as well, and like with the pregnancy and things like that, and, and knew that it was happening. And then for it to be there, it was just like when Black Pepper was older and everyone, and yeah. do you know what I mean? Like to not have to grow up and explain yourself to your parents of who you are or whatever. I mean, she might be a straight sis, but she might go the complete opposite way. Whoever she wants to be, that's absolutely fine. When I was looking around, like at Sulfur Pride and stuff, I just thought I would have loved to have been growing up into this, like. I think it's it's a beautiful It's amazing. It's amazing. And it sounds like you two are doing such a brilliant job. Seriously. It is. But we are struggling as well. Like, I do want to just acknowledge that the hard parts of a parenting, Mm. like, it is challenging, I'd say. I mean, you just have to be honest about it, don't you? Like, I think we speak about all the the good things, and it's absolutely amazing, and she's beautiful, but it's also hard as well. And especially when there's a lot of transphobic people. On my face. <laughs> In my face. Yeah, let's make no um, bones about it. The whole thing's a clusterfuck. But it still sounds like you two are doing your very best. And that's all we can do, right? Yeah. So listen, what's next for you? Is there a plan? Or do we know? Kind of just riding the waves, to be honest. I thought I was going to go on maternity leave. And have like smooth chilling out and stuff like that. But no, I have to go and do the cover of Glamour before. Um, An international magazine. No, I started doing like a lot of online stuff, just like sharing things. Like we've been sent like a few things and I don't know. I never really see myself as doing like online, online creating sort of things. But I have started mm. to do it a little bit and it's keep me occupied. I've been into a few photographers have wanted to do some more things with me and things like that. I think what I, the goal for me is whilst I'm on maternity is I just love speaking about trans rights. If I, if for me, I've always been the person, if something, if I see something where someone's been hurtful towards someone else or something that's not right, I've always been someone to stand up and talk about it. And I, trans activism, I'd love to just get more involved into that mm. and do, do what I can, to be honest, whilst I'm on maternity and go back to work, look after kids there. And um, lovely. Yeah, and Bailey's got so many exciting things going on to be honest. This year it's going to be absolute chaos. No, yeah. I'm saying it's going to be chilled. It's not. It's going to be absolute mental. It's going to be a really good year. <laughs> There's loads of things happening.
many, many conversations on this podcast are nutritious, and that was a highlight for me. I just feel nourished by listening to Logan talk and thinking about how brave he is and Bailey doing that together in a way that they felt so kind of alone. And then it ended so happily. And actually, they found a great group of nurses and doctors who totally understood their needs. And big shout out to Kath, their nurse, who looked after them. Um, oh my God, we've got, to, we've got to talk to Kath. Kath, come on the show. How do we get in touch with you? Um, next week, our episode will be reporting live at Trans Pride, no less. And we're joined by Travis Alabanza is going to be taking us around Trans Pride. So it's a very exciting episode. Cannot wait to be reporting from the front line. Um, in the meantime, get in touch. We've just joined the motorways. You can probably hear us. So I'll save your ears. Get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com, at homosapiens on Instagram. Emails your comments, your questions, um, complaints. Send us your complaints. Uh, I love you all. Thanks for listening. We've had fun, haven't we, Kate? Always. Always. And we're on, we're on time. Powered by Spirit Studios.